welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Our goal on our show is to inform, inspire, and impact you, the listener, by highlighting people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. And our hope is that you will want to become involved by offering your time, your talent, or your treasures to make your own impact in the community in some way. I have learned so much from interviewing various nonprofits about the wonderful work they do and how they make an impact. And each one offers their own blessing in a multitude of ways. But I have to say that the ones that advocate for and offer support services to children really get me. I'm sure it's because I'm a mama of three kids. Well, they're not kids anymore. They're adults. But uh, if any of them were struggling with a major health crisis, I'm sure I would, I would have been a wreck. We're going to talk about a topic today that may really hit home for some people, either because of a personal experience or perhaps you know of someone who has experienced this particular challenge. It can be a tough topic, you know, for some people to to talk about. But we want to focus on the positive things that our nonprofits are doing to address the challenges that people face. So let's start today by looking at some statistics about what we'll be talking about. After accidents, cancer is the second leading cause of death in children ages 1 to 14. A little over 10,000 children in the United States under the age of 15 will be diagnosed with cancer in 2022 with about 1,000 expected to die from the disease. Unfortunately, childhood cancer rates have been rising slightly for the past few decades, but because of major treatment advances in recent decades, 85% of children with cancer now survive five years or more, which is awesome. Overall, this is a huge increase since the mid-70s when the five-year survival rate was about 58%. Still, survival rates can vary a great deal depending on the type of cancer and other factors. So here to talk about uh, more about how they support children and families going through this challenge is Stacy Meyer, president of Women for Mac. Their goal is to bring hope to families through research and awareness to end childhood cancer and related blood disorders. She is joined today by Lauren Becker, who will be sharing about her involvement with Women for Mac. Welcome to the show today, ladies. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Thank you, Jill, for having us here. You are welcome. We're excited to have you share all about Women for Mac. Um, since your founding, um, your organization has donated over $5.4 million to the Mac Fund, uh, which I think is, is quite a statement, quite a statistic to be very proud of. Why don't you start, Stacey, uh, sharing some information on your role and some history on the Women for Mac? Sure. As you mentioned, I'm president of the Board of Directors for Women for Mac. We are an all-volunteer-run organization, so we have no staff. Everybody, um, it's a very dedicated and passionate group of women and some men um, who help out the organization. Um, as you said, our mission is to you know bring hope to hope and awareness to um, to families, and so. Everything we do is about raising money, and all of the funds go directly to the MAC Fund, um, which is Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. And as you said, we've raised nearly $5.5 million 
in the last 40 years. So we're actually celebrating our 40th anniversary this year. Congratulations. Um, thank That's you. That's exciting. It is very exciting, and we're, we're very excited to celebrate um, the 40 years. Because as you mentioned, you know, there has been huge strides in the last 40 years. The survival five-year survival rate has increased significantly, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, one of the, the big issues and, and big problems with childhood cancer is most of the treatments are not designed specifically for children. Um, in the last 40 years, there's only been three treatments that have been specifically approved for childhood cancer. Hmm. So what we're doing is trying to increase the funding to be able to get research and have those treatments specifically designed for children. 95% of, of children who go through um, treatment experience other difficulties later in life. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying to, to push that through and also looking at, you know, the mental health awareness for children. And so that's a big aspect that the MAC Fund is also looking at. And isn't, you know, we mentioned that 5.4 million, which again, I'm throwing that out there because it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't 100% of your investment in research, uh, doesn't it stay in Wisconsin with the vast majority remaining at the uh, Medical College of Wisconsin and Children's? It does. All of the funding that we raise and the MAC fund raises do stay in Wisconsin and, and support um, hospitals and research in Wisconsin. Having said that, though, the research that's done, the treatments, the breakthroughs that are done here affect children all over the country and all over the world as well. Right, because the Medical College of Wisconsin and Children's were ranked pretty high up there aren't we, in terms of research. We definitely are, yeah. and we are very lucky to have such a great hospital here and have great researchers who are making breakthroughs every day. Mm, awesome. Well, you have a saying at Women for Mac that says, think big, act bigger. What do you mean by that? You know, our goal is to end childhood cancer. Um, it's to cure related blood disorders. So the, the sky's the limit. We are, we are always thinking big. And in order to do that, we have to act bigger. We have to raise as much funds. We have to plan events. We have to raise awareness. We have to let people know because, you know, as I talked about with, um, you know, the treatments that are specifically, most people are not aware that um, childhood cancer treatments are designed for adults, not designed for children. So we have to keep reaching bigger. If we want to reach that goal of ending childhood cancer, we have to keep pushing. And how do you do that? I mean, how do you raise money? Is it primarily through events? It is primarily through events. So we host a couple really big events every year. We're actually celebrating the 40th anniversary of our signature event, which is called Design to Inspire. It's a fashion show luncheon, um, 550 attendees. It's a fabulous event that we have every year. We have a golf outing, um, and then we host, you know, some smaller events each year as well. And the other way we raise money is through, you know, partnerships, donations, and our members as well. Okay. Well, speaking of partners, partnerships, collaborations, which is is a big topic of discussion on the show for for obvious reasons, um, Help us to understand how Women for Mac uh, works with or how you're connected with, with the Mac. Sure. So the Mac Fund was founded in 1976, and it's Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. And it was started by a group of people associated with the Bucks organization who had a personal connection to childhood cancer um, and really wanted, you know, they had looked at it and really wanted to do something. And so in 1982, a, a group of women who were, you know, wives associated with the Bucks organization, associated with doctors, nurses, um, wanted to do something as well. And so 100% of the funds that we raise go directly to support the causes of the MAC Fund. 
Mm, awesome. That's a wonderful partnership. Well, you have a quote under your Make a Difference tab on your website that says, there is no better exercise for the heart than reaching down and lifting people up. I just love that because that can apply, be applied to all areas of life, right? We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to hear from two sisters who have been impacted and lifted up by the Women for Mac. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Stacy Meyer from the Women for Mac. And in this segment, we're joined by two sisters, Lauren Becker and Erin Dove, who are going to share how they are involved with Women for Mac. So, Lauren, let's start with you. Why did you decide to get involved with Women for Mac? Yeah, so I got involved in 2013. Um, it's crazy to think that it was that long ago. I vividly remember being at my sister Erin's house, and my niece Lily had just been diagnosed with leukemia um, at the age of eight. And I'll let Erin tell a little bit more about that story. But Women for Mac used to put out a calendar each year. And um, we received the calendar at Erin's house for the following year. And Erin was telling me about Women for Mac and um, their, their purpose and really the goal of ending childhood cancer and that it was all volunteer run and that she was going to get involved once things settled down. And um, this is kind of the way our personalities work. But I said, well, then I'm going to get involved right now if that's okay. <laughs> and um, so I did. And it was a couple months before the signature fashion show that Stacy was talking about. And so I quick joined that committee. They were already partway through planning. But I remember going to the first planning meeting, and it was all women who um, either have full-time jobs or they're stay-at-home moms or both. And I remember coming home, and I said to my husband, I think I found where I want to spend my free time. Mm. I felt at home, and I felt like um, obviously the cause was near and dear to my heart, but um, just this amazing group of women and the networking and working together all in your free time um, for a cause just felt really great. So I remember, um, you know, that day feeling like I had kind of found um, found my home. Yeah, you found your, your place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, what does your involvement look like over the years? Yeah, so that first year I helped with the fashion show. Um, pretty quickly after that, I got involved in the board and have been on the board um, for, I think, about seven years. Held various different positions, mostly on the PR committee. And um, and really, right now, I, I do all of our emails and newsletter, but I led the PR committee a few years ago, which was a really great experience. I'm still involved with the planning committee for our signature fashion show for Design to Inspire. I co-chaired that event um, for quite a few years and since then have been kind of playing this role of whatever you need me to do uh -huh. um, because I have the experience there. And um, so they, they tap on me for, um, you know, random questions. Um, I love setting up for the event um, and it is like no event I've ever been to, especially in the Milwaukee area, um, attending that event. Um, I also golf in the women's golf outing each year. I am not a pro golfer by any <laughs> means. Um, it's called Nine Wine and Dine. So I'm there, you know, for some of the other aspects besides the nine. But we have a ton of fun um, with a great group of women and some men. 
and um, and then I volunteer at some of our other events. So um, I certainly don't want people to think you have to do all of these things because it's looked different for me over the years. Um, I have started to, you know, be in a role on the board that suits my lifestyle a little bit more now than it did a few years ago. And so um, kind of all of those things um, on the board, volunteering, obviously I'm a member and um, and being on the different planning committees for the events is a lot of fun. Well, and I think that speaks to this whole time talents resources. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got a gift. You take what gift you have or talent and find a place that you can feel at home, like you said, and you can share those talents. And it sounds like that's what you've done. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Erin, um, can you tell us more about your family story? Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, I could talk for a long time about my family, so I will do the condensed version. I actually have three daughters, and my younger two are twins. In 2013, it was near the end of the school year, um, my daughter Lily and Bailey, they were in second grade. Lily was just not quite feeling right, and it kind of went over a period of a couple weeks, and one day I was like, you know what, something's just not right, I'm going to take her into the doctor. Um, kind of selfishly, it was before a weekend, so I'm like, well, get it all figured out before the weekend. Uh, I was home with all three of my girls, so all three of them came with me to the doctor, and the the doctor said, she looks, she looks anemic, so we're going to do some blood work, uh, and the results came back. I don't even know. Some of that that day is very vivid to me, and other parts are just kind of a blur. I imagine, yeah. So the doctor called me into the office and asked the girls to wait in the waiting room. And sorry, I mm, when I okay. talk about that day, it's it's tough. I can imagine. I can imagine. So it was kind of at that point I knew something something wasn't good. And she said that they detected leukemia cells in Lily's blood work. They were already arranging a bed for us at Children's. Um, so I I sat in that room for a while by myself. I called my husband and um, I said, you need to come. And I didn't even tell him why. And he said, I'm on my way. So he just must have known from my voice. Um, We got a room at Children's that day. She was inpatient for about a week. We had a treatment plan by then, knew what kind of leukemia it was by then. And things just got set in motion. Thankfully, we have a very close family and Lauren and her husband and my parents were there every step of the way. Uh, Acute lymphoblastic leukemia has treatment period for about two and a half years for girls. So we started on that path. Lily was about, you know, there's lots of steps along the way with blood transfusions and different kinds of chemos and unexpected inpatient stays and ER visits and the whole gamut of things, and then still trying to balance your family at home. Lily was about six months from ending treatment when Bailey had an evening where she was in extreme pain in her hips and legs, and we just knew. Mm -hmm. I took her to walk-in clinic. It was on a weekend. I pulled the nurse aside, told her what I wanted them to do, what I thought it was, I'm sure they thought I was insane. They did what I asked, and when we came back up, the nurse said, "Um, 
well, Bailey's just going to hang out with me while the doctor talks to you. And it was kind of like a replay of the situation. Yeah. Mama knows, right? Yep. yep. The doctor said, come look at this, this blood work. You probably see it more often than I do. So again, it was kind of a replay of that. Bailey was two years older. She had a more intense treatment plan. It was a really difficult first six months, really difficult. And like Stacy mentioned earlier, there's a lot of um, mental health aspects that come with treatment. Um, you have a preteen girl and her whole family that's being affected yet again. Um, so that was about five years total for the two girls to complete treatment. Um, I'm really blessed and grateful and thankful for all the people involved in my girls' care. Uh, they are turning 17 next week mm, yay. and are survivors and are oh, doing really well. Awesome. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank well, you. A happy, happy ending to that story, and it continues, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to go on to be blessed many more years. That's awesome. Um, it's kind of obvious. You know, I was going to ask you why are organizations like Women for Mac important, but I think you've kind of answered that with, you know, saying how they've come alongside you. Yeah, and I think Stacy kind of covered it that there is not a lot of funding for childhood cancer. Only about 4% of the National Health Institute's budget goes to childhood cancer. Um, so there's a big gap that private organizations need to fill. That's quite a story, my goodness. Um, what final words do you want to leave with our audience today, either Lauren or or Aaron? I think I would just encourage people um, to just be aware of what other families are going to going through, and kind of when we're in this childhood cancer world, we realize. It's way bigger than we expected it to be. Now I find um, people come up to me, oh, their neighbor's son was just diagnosed. And I kind of just, the family is growing, unfortunately, but you have those connections with people and then be able to connect to organizations that are supporting childhood cancer in general, the research and awareness, but then also the fun things that happen for kids to make their lives as normal as possible. Yeah. In hearing what you're saying, I what I take away is don't be afraid to reach out and talk about it. And again, we understand it's a very can be a very private pain. Um, but what I see here is how you've been blessed, how Lauren's been blessed, how Kathy's been blessed because of this relationship you have and I'm sure you've been blessed by others and others have been blessed by you, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you know, if you're if you're experiencing this challenge, don't be afraid to reach out. Definitely, there's a lot of a lot of people and organizations that are out there to support you. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, thank you for sharing your story, Erin. That's really something. But we're very happy and pleased to share that the girls are are. Uh, um, getting along just great and will continue to. So, um, Stacy, can you share maybe what a call to action would be? How, how can people get involved with Women for Mac? The great thing about Women for Mac is there are so many ways to get involved. Obviously, you know, donating helps the organization in every way. Vol you know, Lauren talked about every way that she's been involved um, in the organization with our committees, attending our events, sponsoring. Um, we love to partner with people and host community events um, and fundraisers. But the thing you can do today 
is to become a member of Women for Mac. So our membership, our members are the heart of the organization. They help support everything we do. Um, there are volunteers. There are committee members. Um, and our goal is that 100% of the funds that we raise at our events goes directly to childhood cancer. So all of the membership dollars that come in go to supporting the administrative costs that unfortunately every nonprofit has. Um, so the best thing you can do today is become a member and you can go to womenformac.org and become a member today. Okay, so uh, throw it again, the um, the website and if you have a Facebook page, if that's the best way for people to donate because oftentimes website pages just have a donate button and it's super easy. Yes, so you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Women for Mac, and our website is womenformac.org. And we spell the whole thing out, Women for Mac. Yes. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Well, we've learned how important the Women for Mac was for Erin and how it lifted her and her family up during a, a very difficult time. Um, we're going to take a commercial break, but when we return, we're going to learn about another nonprofit organization that has helped Erin and her family, but specifically the twins. So don't go away. Stay where you are, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Kathy Wolfla, Wisconsin State Director of Special Spaces, whose goal is to provide children with cancer a special space where they can not only sleep, but also play, heal, and spend time away from the challenges of their illness. One child, one room, one day at a time. Welcome to the show today, Kathy. Thank you, Jill, and a very special thank you to Ellen Becker Investment Group for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you, and we've actually asked Erin to stick around because she's going to add um, uh, some information to the to the conversation as well. So um, one child, one room, one day. Really? <laughs> Only one day? <laughs> yes, tell it's us. amazing, but yes. we really do it in one day. Well, tell us how you do that at well, Special Spaces. As you mentioned, our organization creates dream bedrooms for children battling cancer. Our goal is to provide a safe place. Oftentimes, these kids aren't in a safe environment, so we want to really provide a safe place for the child to not only sleep, but heal, study, play, and really just be a kid. Mm. Um, you know, when a family has a child diagnosed with cancer, their entire world is turned upside down. Yeah. We hear words like chemotherapy, bone marrow transplants, week-long stays in and out of the hospitals. I know Erin and her family has experienced all of this, so that kind of becomes their regular activities. Um, with all this on their plates, we like to make our process super simple. So our application is really easy. Um, it can be filled out, and it's super easy to do, and a child can be nominated directly from our website. Um, once that application is completed and approved, that's when the magic really begins. Um, each family will be paired up with the volunteer director who interviews them. It's very important to us that the child is directly involved in the process. We want to know what these kids really want in that very special bedroom. Um, in fact, many times um, as they're sitting in the hospital, they'll create pin interest boards and fax and send us and text us pictures of things that they like. <laughs> okay. and I like this. I don't like that. And it just really makes it a custom space for something for them and something that they fun that they can do in the hospital. 
Um, anyway, back to the process. Our volunteer director takes notes, takes lots of pictures, and scurries off and does the shopping and design work. Um, that traditionally takes a couple of months for us to complete. And then after that's done, we come back and we reveal the dream bedroom. We can bring things like new paint, new furniture, bedding, hand-painted murals and canvases, lighting, rugs, closet organizations, space for medical needs, and custom decor. Um, it really is a special space that is designed just for that child. Mm. And I would love to be a fly on the wall when you, you do that reveal. You know, you mentioned that the bedroom door opens and, and a family's reaction. Can you share the feeling in the room during this surprise reveal? Um, it's truly unbelievable. Um, I recently did a makeover for a three-year-old three little boy who was a Curious George theme, and it was such a fun experience. Um, he opened up the door and went running to his new bunk bed and was squealing, and we had put, um, it was a Curious George slash camping themed makeover, and they put a play tent in the room with a fake fire and all sorts of uh, toys and um, cooking things, and he ran right over that and started playing. And, you know, mom is standing in the doorway and the tears are running down her oh, face. I and imagine. Just... I didn't even know Curious George was still around. I mean, that was around <laughs> when my kids were small. We were so excited to get that theme because it is. It's a little bit different. And we just loved doing that makeover. It, you know, I have been doing this over nine years. And honestly, I cry in every single makeover. Um, it's just so emotional. And you're providing something so special to this family that it just, it's, it's just, it's, they're happy tears. I imagine. I imagine. Tell us how the concept started. Um, interesting story. Special Spaces was actually started in Knoxville, Tennessee in 2004 by a wonderful mother named Jennifer Swain. And one of her children did it as a project um, in her classroom. And she thought, wow, I can make this happen. I can do this. I can do more of this. I can really expand this. Um, have you ever heard of Secret Millionaire? No. Okay. Is that uh, a TV show? It is. Okay. Secret Millionaire <laughs> is way, way back. Um, in 2011, it was aired. It was actually the first reality TV show, um, and Special Spaces was the first recipient of Secret Millionaire. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So they set you up, and they um, ask about your organization. You think you're going to be on a local um, media segment, and it turns out that you're paired with a, a millionaire who wants to support your mission. Oh, wow. So she received um, money to fund and start up the organization really in 2011 and that's just the beginning of sharing joy with so many families wow so so this is a, a national organization with a local presence correct correct um tell us more about your local team um well we always say it takes a it takes a village to move our mission forward and wow i can't tell you how excited i am about our local team we're currently blessed to have 11 volunteers who lead room makeovers and that actually has grown significantly in the last two years um, we serve 12 counties in Wisconsin and Iowa and are continuing to expand. Um, excited to share that this spring we actually are um, opening a Madison chapter. So we're, you know, with the support of wonderful donors, we can continue to share our mission. Wonderful. That's what we want to hear. Growth, growth. <laughs> we with sure these do. Great, these great <laughs> things going on. Well, how, give us an idea. How many dream bedroom makeovers has your team completed then? We love to call ourselves Team Wisconsin, and we started in 2011 with just one room. So from there, our local uh, founder, Kathy Schmidt, um, has grown it, and together we've uh, done over 200 dream makeovers. Wow. Now, you mentioned you're not just in Wisconsin. So how do you help other families in other states? 
Um, we do have uh, lots of chapters in other states. We currently have 13 chapters in 11 states with our friends in the south, the Chicagoland chapter uh, being the largest. And uh, to date, we've delivered 1,350 dream bedrooms across the country. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. Thank How you. How wonderful. So you guys have a national and a local impact, we which do. is really, really great. Um, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but we ask you to stay tuned as we continue our conversation with Kathy Wolfa from Special Spaces. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker. And I'm talking in this last segment with Kathy Wolfla from Special Spaces and Aaron Dove. So I saw on your website, Kathy, that you offer corporate sponsorships. So if you are a corporation, um, a company looking to reach out in some way. You may want to take some notes. Tell us, tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that program. Well, please take notes because this is such an exciting <laughs> opportunity. Um, what an amazing way to share something good with your employees. As a corporate sponsor of a Dream Bedroom Makeover, you'll have the opportunity to bring your team and create the actual room. It's a hands-on experience. Wear comfy shoes and your special spaces t-shirts. You'll be painting, building, cleaning, designing, and seriously creating the magic. Um, as an additional bonus, you'll actually get to meet the family and be a part of that very special surprise reveal. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. an extra little piece. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. They're always my favorite. Oh, I bet. So a company would just reach out to you and say, we, we want to do a company-sponsored event, and you just tell them what what they need to do and away you go? Yes, absolutely. I can talk about the donation and the experience and the whole package of what's included. Um, you know, think about maybe replacing the holiday party with something fun like this. It's a good idea. It's a great day to engage your team and um, and and build build something that wonderful for a very special family. Yeah, and I know a lot of corporations are turning to this, you know, as an alternative. They want to make a difference. They want to make an impact in their own way. We do a lot of things in that regard at Ellen Becker, um, but that's a great way to be specifically involved. You know, it's nice to donate. I don't want to minimize that. It certainly is wonderful, but when you can be the boots on the ground and being totally involved in the project and meet the family, that's an extra bonus. That's icing on the cake. Yep. Um, we know that nonprofits are always looking for ways to engage new raving fans. Uh, what are the top three things that our listeners could do to help special spaces in your in your mission? Well, we always say when we talk about our mission, great things happen. So the number one thing you can do is share what you've learned today. Um, help us spread our mission. Talk to your neighbors, your friends, your employer. Um, help us get the word out. Um, nominate a child. You know, we love helping these families. So if you know of a, of a child who's battling cancer, please reach out. We would absolutely love to sprinkle a little joy to that family. And then three, like all nonprofits, uh, we're always looking for financial support. You know, with rising costs, our makeover budgets are increasing. Um, we appreciate donations of all sizes. So please consider making a donation or asking your company to sponsor a makeover. Okay. And can people donate on your website? Absolutely. Okay. Specialspaces.org. All right. <laughs> we'll repeat that again at the end here so people know exactly where to go. 
Um, but speaking of raving fans, uh, we're going to invite Erin back to share a little bit about her experience with special spaces. So, Erin, um, tell us a little bit about your experience. So, thank you for having me back. We had known about special spaces for actually a really long time. Um, Lily was diagnosed in 2013, and uh, like I said in the last um, clip with Women for Mac, you kind of, as a childhood cancer family, get thrown into this little group of people, and there's some support groups out on social media that are really helpful. So special spaces was always kind of in our orbit. We knew it was out there for us um, if we wanted to utilize it. For a long time, I was just not in the right frame of mind to utilize it. Uh, Lily was sick, and then kind of as things were looking up and we were looking forward to things, then Bailey was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like our main focus was just taking care of our girls, and including Maddie, who was um, becoming a teenager, and it's just a really hard time anyway. So my focus was really just on the health of of my family. So there was a lot of like, well, we could do it now, but what if? What if we, now we have to go in the hospital? Or what if she's sick at home and now these people are in our house? So there was a lot of that personally in my in my heart that I wasn't ready to, to pull the plug on that. And, um, I think it was a fellow cancer mom who, as Bailey's treatment was... Um, kind of starting to wind down in 2017 was kind of like, you you really need to do this for your girls. Uh, Lily and Bailey share a bedroom. It's a smallish space. They had um, lived with bunk beds for a long time and really didn't want that as they were in their, they were both about 12. So they're like entering that teenagehood mm-hmm. and um, kind of the bunk bed situation was interesting because when Lily was in treatment, she had the bottom bunk. And then when Bailey was in treatment, she had the bottom bunk because with chemotherapy, it, the muscles, you just can't climb yeah, up there. Yeah. So they're, they didn't have their own, their own space. Yeah. Their own bed. Okay. Yeah. So I did finally reach out to special spaces, filled out the easy application <laughs> that Kathy referred to. And actually, the timing ended up being kind of great. Bailey was scheduled to end treatment in June of 2017, and I think the reveal was just a couple weeks before she had her port removed. So it was kind of like, for my girls, it felt like a fresh start, something new. Um, Just really great. Mm. Were you nervous about having it be a surprise? Um. Not really. I think excitement was probably the prevailing emotion. I think the only, you know, you have someone coming into your house. You're like, okay, paint's okay, but, like, are you going to touch the floor and the moldings and that kind of thing, I guess. But, mo- I mean, excitement was really the the main thing going through our heads. That's awesome. Gosh, again, just to be a fly on the wall, how, how great is that? How did your experience with special spaces impact your your whole family? I mean, obviously it impacted the twins, but what about the extended family? Yeah, so I think just the build up to to the reveal, you know, that anticipation was just so exciting and Maddie was, you know, an integral part of that. She was excited for the girls and then special spaces sprinkled in a little extra special things for Maddie, which really felt inclusive to her and the whole experience for us yeah yeah. 
Well, you know, the she sees her sister suffering For and, sure. and being challenged and um, doing something for her to include her in the process is is wonderful. Wow, it's 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 amazing to me to to see how strangers come together to help one another. Right. I loved hearing your story, Erin, and and what a change it made for your twins. That's just awesome. Um, if listeners know of a child who is battling cancer, Kathy, can you explain to us um, how they apply? Again, I know you went over it before, but it bears repeating. Um, how can people apply for a dream bedroom makeover? Super simple. Head to our website, specialspaces.org. There's a button that says nominate a child. Simple contact information, and it'll be sent to me, and I'll personally reach out to the family. Awesome. Well, is there anything you'd like to add as far as a, a call to action for our listeners? Just, again, head to our website. All the information you need is on there. You can volunteer. You can donate, sponsor a room, nominate a child. Um, we, we want you to be a part of our mission. Come join the fun and help us change children's lives one bedroom at a time. Again, specialspaces.org. Yes. And again, talk to people about it. You know, share what you've learned. We talk all the time about this show being about informing and inspiring and impacting. What a testament to that for these two organizations. You know, you've you've gone off the charts in those three areas. So that's wonderful. And I want to thank all of my guests today, Stacy Meyer from Women for Mac, Lauren Becker and Aaron Dove. Again, thank you, Aaron, for sharing your special story. And Kathy Wolfa, the Wisconsin State Director of Special Spaces. Thank you all for the help and the hope that you give children dealing with cancer. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are making an impact in our community. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. And I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So my call to action would be, you know, maybe we can all just take a moment and pray and give thanks for our children, especially if they're uh, totally healthy, but also for those precious kiddos who have to endure some things none of us can possibly even imagine, and actually for their families, too, who tirelessly provide love, care, and support for their children. Decide if there is a way that you want to provide help or hope or healing and in some cases, dreaming for a child struggling with cancer. I'm sure anything you do will be very much appreciated. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great Sunday.